And then you're as good as gone, aren't you? Before we get started with this month's episode, I'd like to take a minute to talk about the massive loss to the Star Wars community and, of course, to the rest of the world. On the 27th of December, we lost Carrie Fisher, one of the big three. For me, Princess Leia was the first heroine uh, in some of the films that I saw. Um, I'd not yet seen Alien or Willow or even Tomb Raider um, when I first saw Carrie on the screen. I watched episode 6, Return of the Jedi, and I was amazed at how amazingly fearless she was and what an effect she had on all the other members uh, of the cast in the film. Uh, be it sister, love interest, or indeed at the end a daughter to Darth Vader. Uh, I'll be talking more about Carrie in my review of The Princess Diarist, uh, so look out for that. Um, I wish all the best for Carrie's family, and they're in my thoughts during this sad time. Um, we loved you, Carrie. Um, this one's for you uh, and your mother, um, not forgetting uh, Debbie Reynolds as well. Um, as I say, this one is for you, uh, dedicated to uh, all your family, and uh, I hope the rest of the fans can appreciate this as well. There has been an awakening. Have you felt it? What was it? Droid of some kind. I didn't hit it that hard. Must have had a self-destruct. An Imperial probe droid. You're listening to the Scavenger UK podcast, part of the Galaxy of Toys Network. Welcome to episode 10 of the Scavenger UK podcast. I'm Adam, your host as always, and this month's episode is dedicated to Carrie Fisher and the rest of her family and of course her, her beloved mother as well. Um, we are going to hear some great quotes um, throughout the course of this uh, episode here uh, which harken back to some of the most iconic scenes uh, in film history. Uh, I have a full review of The Princess Diarist for you along with a few amazing sound bites as I said from our favourite Disney princess. My son also has a great fun fact for you. Uh, I have all the standard Diagostini reviews and also my belated personal review of Star Wars Battlefront on the Xbox One. So I hope you enjoy this episode. News, 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 news. Firstly and sadly, this will be the last podcast episode of Scavenger UK for a while. There's unfortunately a lot going on in real life and I need to concentrate on that right now. However, uh, as it's the editing, etc., that's actually taking up all the time, I'll still be writing the stories and reviewing items every month uh, on my brand new blog site, which will be um, www.scavengeruk.blogspot.com. So you can check that out and uh, share it with your friends and everyone else who's been listening. Obviously, I've had a great time doing the podcast uh, over these past months, and uh, it is a bit of a shame that I need to stop doing it. But um, yeah, real life does sometimes get uh, a bit too much for everyone. And uh, this is taking up just a little bit too much of my time, unfortunately. Um, I still will be tweeting uh, as I normally do as well. So um, so you can keep up with the tweets and sales and everything else. Uh, it's really just a podcast that I'm stopping doing. Anyway, on to some kind of real news. Episode 8 now has a name, uh, it's The Last Jedi, and uh, yeah, I thought exactly the same thing. I've read that book uh, about Jax Pavan, 
uh, in the Star Wars Expanded Universe as well. Um, it's a pretty awesome name though. Um, let me know what you think. Um, the Last Jedi could assume that we've got more than one Jedi, or maybe just the one, or maybe there's even more to come, who knows? So uh, that should be quite exciting. Um, everyone's going on about the colour of the writing as well. Um, I'm not too sure how much that kind of um, relates to the kind of feel of the film. Um, it's obviously pretty dark, I think. Um, we're into the second lot of the uh, uh, new trilogy, so uh, it's going to be pretty dark anyway, hopefully. I mean, the other... Uh, trilogies did have a darker side to them. Attack of the Clones, obviously, starting the uh, the big kind of fight between uh, good and evil. Uh, it was the kind of start of the bad things to come, as it were. And then, obviously, you had Empire Strikes Back as well, which was pretty dark. So, uh, yeah, that should be pretty good. Um, in other news, uh, Woody Harrelson, um, or Tallahassee from uh, Zombieland, is confirmed to be joining the cast of the young Han Solo movie. Um, now for me, I actually love this news because um, I think who's better to tutor our well-loved scoundrel um, than Tallahassee from Zombieland. Um, he was always amazing and probably um, he probably is the best fit for Han's mentor, I think, uh, in terms of uh, what I think we'll see in the movie. Uh, I can imagine him to be this uh, thick-skinned, take-no-nonsense, uh, but still like a Twinkie and have that soft interior as it were um, he would make a, a great merchant or smuggler type person I think I've seen messages on social media uh, networks about him not being serious enough for the role uh, but personally I think uh, I'm looking forward to him on the screen and uh, I believe this is actually supposed to be a kind of uh, comedy uh, anyway I believe uh, there was also some news recently that he could be playing someone from the Han Solo trilogy, uh, a guy named Gary Shrike. Um, but upon watching an interview that that was actually based on, it doesn't really seem that obvious. Um, anyway, the Han Solo movie starts filming in March. Uh, also, uh, Rogue One has made $1 billion uh, at the box office, um, so blooming well done to uh, everyone involved there. And uh, while we're on the subject of Rogue One, a lot of people uh, had a problem with Borg Gullet, um, the mind messer-upper who completely messed up Bodhi Rook in uh, Rogue One. And uh, he was the massive octopus-type slimy thing. And uh, I recently got a copy of the Rogue One Visual Dictionary, and there's absolutely no mention of this Borg Gullet at all. You know, absolutely anything about where he actually came from or his background, there's no... There's no even mention of uh, Bodhi Rook really being tormented by an alien as such. It talks about him being, um, I believe it talks about him actually being tortured, um, but no real kind of specifics at all. So I'm actually wondering, um, and uh, I will be tweeting um, Mr. Hidalgo about this um, shortly. I, I mean, was Borgullet maybe part of the reshoots? Uh, to try and make Saw a little more scary and a little bit more mad. That would kind of make a little bit of sense, I think. Anyway, that's it really for the news. Um, stay tuned uh, on my uh, new Blogspot uh, website for uh, more information there. Aren't you a little short for a stormtrooper? Huh?
the official Star Wars Helmet Collection. A unique series of one to five scale replica helmets from the most iconic characters in the Star Wars universe. Each helmet is faithfully reproduced in stunning detail with its own display case and stand, along with a fascinating magazine exploring each character's story. The Star Wars Helmet Collection is at newsagents now with your first helmet, Darth Vader, for $1.99. Diagostini. So this month we have another great pair of helmets and magazines to review. First in issue 24 comes the Magna Guard helmet. Um, the eyes could actually do with more details, um, they don't have that diamond shape in them, but the rest of this helmet looks amazing. Um, again, no soft goods, um, but as we've seen with a lot of these helmets uh, from Diagostini, they always have a really cool way of making the non-soft goods look like soft goods. Um, so, I mean, on to the accompanying magazine, and we continue with the data bank, which is coming along nicely. Um, we're now at HOL to HUX. Gee, I wonder who we'll see here. There's the Holonet, Hoth, and among a few others, there's General Hux, of course. In the middle pages, uh, there's details about the Magna Guards and harkens back to the prequel films, of course. The breakdown and profile views of these droids uh, actually will bring up a few interesting facts, like they were actually modelled after the Kalish warriors, uh, much like General Grievous. That's the alien that he was before he uh, became that cyborg. They also had a red circle on their chest, uh, which you may have noticed in the films, which is in fact another pair of eyes, uh, or another single eye in this case, um, which is why they could still move about when their heads were removed. There's actually quite a lot of information uh, on these IG-100S droids. Um, they featured heavily on the Clone Wars animated series, so there's a few really nice pictures of them too. Following from the droid's Kalish background, it's fitting to have the highlight of the saga to be the duel to the death between Obi-Wan and General Grievous. Then, at the back of the magazine, it teases the next magazine to be Commander Cody's helmet. Issue 25 is Commander Cody's helmet. Diagostini must have heard me and my previous episodes, as whatever they were doing with the clone helmets, they've not done this with this helmet, thank goodness. It's actually impeccable, no dodgy pieces or no bad paintwork. It looks awesome. It also has all of the really nice detail of the antenna on the back of his helmet. Uh, it's got the uh, the torch uh, light thing on the side of the head as well. And also the, uh, the boxy visors are also there. It looks really, really nice, guys. This one is awesome. If you like the clones, this is the one to get. Um, the magazine that accompanies it starts off with the database from HYD to IMP, which covers the likes of the Hyperdrive, IG-88 and Imperial Academies. Um, in the middle pages, it's a great breakdown of the history and biography for Kenobi's most trusted uh, companion during the Clone Wars, Commander Cody. Um, there's also the story of the Battle of Utapau, and of course, the betrayal of Order 66. 
The inside views of the helmet are really, really nice as well and detailed as ever. And the uniform and weapons breakdowns are really interesting too. Keeping to the theme of Order 66, we then get a ton of information about the Uta Pounds. Uta Pounds? I don't know how to say it. Answers on a postcard. Uh, please tweet me. Uh, tell me off for saying it wrong. Let me know how it's said. Um, there also talks about their culture, weapons, and a few of their head figures, mainly Tion Medon. Tion Medon? Yeah. Next is the timeline part, which provides the scene and story uh, of the battle on Utapal, which uh, Grievous and Kenobi uh, fight it to the death, and also more about the uh, war between the Separists separatists uh, between the separatists and the grand army of the republic the back page teases the next helmet which excitedly for me is the y-wing pilot which looks brilliant so stand by next month i don't know who you are or where you came from but from now on you do as i tell you okay carrie fisher lovingly known as princess leia has left us this news came last month just after Christmas and uh, I know this actually comes a little late. Um, I didn't have enough time uh, to, to get this down um, on the previous episode uh, but I did want to show my personal admiration and love for this beautiful woman. Um, Miss Fisher in her earlier years um, first caught my attention along with every young man uh, in Star Wars Episode Six: Return of the Jedi. Uh, it was the first of the films I ever got to see, and it was an amazing introduction into this amazing woman, and of course her character. So ballsy, so courageous, so extremely gorgeous, um, and who doesn't remember that gold bikini? It became apparent soon after though that she was so much more than just a lady in a skimpy bikini. So this is my review of The Princess Diarist. Um, it's a book written by Carrie Fisher and also uh, she actually narrated uh, on the audiobook as well. Um, so it really makes a difference uh, if you do want to download it to actually hear her voice, uh, hear her read her actual book and her diaries as well. Uh, it really does make a big difference. Um, but yeah, I mean, she loved her fans, uh, totally respected us and understood us. Our need for signatures, pictures and random long-winded conversations. Uh, she understood how important the films and the franchise are to us fans. Um, I must say that at this point I'm getting a lot of reference points and information from um, Carrie's parting gift to her fans, as I said, uh, The Princess Diarist. Um, I was originally thinking of buying the actual book, um, but there was an offer on audible.co.uk, um, so I thought I'd treat myself and get the audio version. I'd heard that Carrie narrated a lot of her books, um, so I thought it might be nice to actually hear from her um, one last time, as it were. Um, I knew it would be emotional. Now, firstly, I'd like to say that this book was incredible to listen to, um, so much nicer than reading the book. Um, at times I love reading a good book, but the audio version is so much easier for the um, London commuter, uh, so I'm very glad that I did actually get the audio book for that reason as well. 
there are some awesome quotes um, and it's really nice because uh, she talks as if she's really talking to you, uh, the actual reader. I therefore found myself at times talking back to her. Um, maybe she heard me, I don't know. Um, Carrie familiarises herself with the reader and listener um, and I truly believe it's almost like that she kind of knew her time was drawing near. Um, amongst all the hilarious references of uh, drugs, sex and even Carrie's breasts a couple of times um, in her movies, there's a lot of emotion, um, not only because we've lost her, but because you can really feel the emotion in her voice uh, as she tells you her accounts of meetings, auditions, how she felt in them as well, um, and the relations with uh, copious amounts of stars, not sexual relations, um, more acquaintances with them. After the initial thoughts from Carrie um, and a little about her affair with Harrison Ford um, that she so very uh, lightly calls uh, Carrison, um, Billy Lord, Carrie's daughter, then reads a whole load of excerpts from her mother's diary, um, which was actually written during the making of the first Star Wars movie. And these terrible thoughts written down... Um, are done so in the most amazing poetic stories. Um, it was quite agonising listening and having to analyse what she was actually saying, um, having to pause every so often to work out you know, what her words are actually meaning behind the scenes. Um, the pain she must have been feeling must have been terrible um, and she had to kind of deal with it alone as well. Then came more from our beloved author, Carrie, um, and her voice actually hit me like a ton of bricks. Um, after the initial you know, bit of fun at the beginning of the book, having Billy Lord then read from the diary and then just hearing Carrie Fisher again, um, I had tears in my eyes uh, listening to her for the second time during the book. Um, this book is so hilarious at times, uh, and Carrie will literally have you laughing out loud. Please, everyone, do yourself a favour. If you loved Our Princess, uh, you will certainly enjoy this book. I never got to meet Carrie Fisher, unfortunately, and I'm so absolutely gutted. Um, I thank Carrie and Random House Books, of course, um, for this book. Um, Carrie will forever be in our hearts and minds, and personally, I'll be thinking a little bit more about her and what she went through when I actually watch the movies again and see her little face on the screen. The Princess Diarist is currently out um, for sale on Amazon.co.uk um, and also on Audible.co.uk as I said. If you do get a subscription with Audible.co.uk um, you can uh, pay you know, $7.99 a month um, and they will actually give you any, uh, any book for free to listen to um, so from that point of view it is really good because some of these books on their own cost about 20 pounds um, for the audiobook from amazon.co.uk for instance if you want it on a cd so just to download it every month 7.99 it's really good because it only costs one one credit really um, otherwise if you wanted to buy the actual book from amazon.co.uk um, you could probably hear me tapping away in the background um, the Princess Diarist will set you back just £8, and that's on the hardcover. When you've gotten past the energy shield, proceed directly to the rendezvous point. Understood? Yeah. Good luck. Okay, everybody, do you stay? Let's go! All right.
so Star Wars Battlefront now I know I'm a little out of touch and I know this came out in November last year um, but I've only just shelled out for an Xbox One on uh, account of the New Year sales and I think I got a really good deal so yeah Battlefront it's Quake for the new generation right? wrong We've come such a long way since running and double jumping round maps, blasting the hell out of each other with grenade launchers and RPGs. I mean, some of that play is here, of course. Uh, if running around is what you're good at, then good luck to you, sir. However, I do urge you to reconsider and choose your weapons wisely. So nowadays, it's all about the big picture, um, playing in a team and finding your role within that team. So you get to choose your main weapon and then a configuration of three star cards. Um, these can, I believe, then be purchased uh, as you increase your rank uh, as you play missions and online battles with Xbox Live. Now I've currently not gotten that far into the game. Uh, so far I've been playing offline, so have only had access to the training missions, skirmishes and multiplayer modes which I play with my seven-year-old son. Um, these are a lot of fun, uh, but it's also great to obviously have that human interaction uh, with members of the community be it Facebook groups or with friends, there's quite a few on Facebook. Um, this, for me, is actually where Battlefront and the consoles as, uh, as a whole, in fact, let me down. Not in terms of playability, because playing in the team is what it's all about. You have to have a live gold license, uh, and I begrudge spending out any money outside of the regular game that I've just bought. I mean, in some cases, these games cost around £40, and shelling out another £40 for a yearly pass is not really something that I like to do. Um, I mean, okay, so maybe I am a bit of a cheapskate, but I also have to put into account of how much I'm going to get out of this as well, play-wise. Um, with obviously young kids and a wife, it doesn't leave much time available for gaming. Um, I do my best, though. It is, however, a really fun game to play on my own or with my son. He's seven and I'm just terrible, so we both need a lot of training. So far, we've sampled a few of the missions which consist of flying an X-Wing around Beggar's Canyon, co-op versus the computer on Endor for a kind of capture-the-flag game where you have to kill and collect tokens from the other team and also a versus game where myself and my son are on opposite sides. That was a lot of fun. I've also delved into more of the missions on my own and done pretty well. Um, I read a lot about the multiplayer human versus AI, um, that it was really easy. Um, now, I must be just really rubbish at it because it's really actually hard. Um, maybe it's just a case of, you know, practice makes perfect. Um, it did strike me as a little odd to start with though, um, I was very much a PC gamer when I was younger and racked up a lot of hours playing Quake 2 and Unreal tournaments, um, so I was never a stranger to these types of games. However, saying that, I now understand why there's no cross-compatibility with the Xbox and the PC. It's the mouse. It's so much faster to use, uh, i.e. turning around and even running, um, pressing down on the controller is a little bit uncomfortable. I'm still investigating all the options in the game, so I'm sure I can tidy up some of these control problems uh, at least a little bit, but we'll see. 
on the whole though it's a fantastic game and really throws you into the Star Wars universe I absolutely love the hero games as well where you can play a level as Darth Vader or the Emperor or even Luke Skywalker amongst obviously the others including Princess Leia there's something satisfying about going into the Hoth bunker and electrocuting a load of rebels or as Vader and force choking everyone um, lastly, I wanted to point out that there's no single player campaign as such, uh, but all other training and missions are really good, uh, are really good fun. There is tons of downloads for this Battlefront as well, and if you do get the Season Pass, you can download uh, even more throughout the course of the year. As well as downloading all the previous stuff, um, which singly uh, is about £10 um, per set. Uh, of maps, characters and weapons. Um, I'm actually pretty happy with what I have so far so we'll probably wait uh, until my son gets a little bit better at the game and then we can take this bad boy online. So I mean what do you guys all think of Battlefront? Um, I know it's kind of a mixed bag really. Um, if anyone wants to add me um, I will be online at some point. Uh, so add me to your list of friends playing on Xbox One and if I do pop on we can have a game or two. So on there, I'm known as Scavenger UK. Surprise, surprise. I was actually quite surprised that that name wasn't taken already. Battlefront is available pretty much everywhere they sell games at the moment. So uh, you'll find them at Amazon, Game, HMV. Um, have a look at the PC version. Um, I've actually seen it for as low as £10. Uh, and the Xbox and PS4 versions are actually double that, unfortunately. Uh, but still, 20 quid um, is actually quite good. Even if you don't want to pay out for the Xbox Live, I'd still say get it. Hi, my name is Joshua. And this is my fun and interesting Star Wars fact of the month. Did you know that for Princess Leia's hair, George Lucas was inspired by rebel Mexican women who fought in the Mexican War of Independence back in the 1900s? The mighty Jabba asks why he must pay 50,000. Hey, Yoto. Because he's holding a thermal detonator. And we are back with another unboxing from the Scavenger UK podcast with myself, Adam, and my son, Josh. Say hello, Josh. Hello. Um, now, this month, we actually have four packs uh, to actually open live on the uh, on the show for you now. So um, we will go ahead and open number one. Again, I've pre-cut uh, all of these, but we have not actually seen what's inside, so these are going to be a total surprise. Um, we did have five, but we opened up one of those earlier. It wasn't too exciting. Uh, it had Jedi robes in it as the main dice, and then uh, a load of other cards. So they were, they were pretty good, but not too bad. Okay, so this one here then. What do we have here, Josh? Uh, so... Survival gear. Oh, survival gear. There's the dice as well. Upgrade equipment to hide from the Empire. Oh, no. That doesn't... I don't know what it does. Just an upgrade. That's okay. So this upgrade is for equipment. And it just says, a quick blurb to hide from the Empire. The rebels must often brave harsh environments. There's a two resource. Um, It's a pretty good... It's not a bad dice if you do need lots of uh, resources and shields. It's not too bad for that. Um, it's only got one melee attack. Uh, it has a, what is that, a focus, uh, a shield, uh, just a single shield, uh, two shield 
uh, one resource and a plus one resource as well. So okay. it's not too bad as a uh, as a new dice. Um, I'm not too sure how that actually fits into my new decks, but I will have a little look. Just before we continue with the rest of the uh, openings, I just want to say that I've been listening to a really great podcast uh, for Star Wars Destiny called uh, The Chance Cube. Um, it's actually done by a guy called Jason and uh, a very lovely lady called Amanda. And uh, together they co-host this great show and it talks about all of the different cards and how you can play different ways and um, put together your decks and some of the special things about the cards that you never would really think about until you know someone actually says it. So um, I have been listening to them and looking up on their um, on their uh, websites and uh, downloading all of their podcasts and you know YouTube videos and stuff. So they are really really helping me um, in terms of Star Wars Destiny. So um, really really great one there. So go and have a little listen to them. Um, but yes, in the meantime, um, we have been opening up these uh, these new uh, these new decks. So uh, let's carry on with that. Um, so in That's this one cool. with survival gear, then uh, we've also got a couple of other cards here for uh, uh, what's this? We've got leadership. That's one resource. You can exhaust one of your unique red characters to ready another character. So next up is the Imperial Armory. We've already got that one, but it's still really good, isn't it? Yeah, it's not too bad. Yeah. So we've got another one of those uh, landscapes that we can. Uh, sorry. Um, what are they called? Um, battlegrounds. Um, yeah. That's it. We've got one of those battlegrounds. Power of the Force we've already got. And also Patience we've already got. So some of these we are getting doubles of. So um, I will need to look further into building my deck. Um, but yeah, I've uh, I've been creating a um, an aggro deck. Um, so that I can really kind of batter my opponent. But it's really only made up of a couple of these booster sets and the starter. So I do need to kind of dig my heels in and get more of these. Um, so here's another pack then. So who is in this one? I'm going to open this one. Oh, who have Ooh, we got there? Count Dooku. Excellent. So he looks really good. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what he's on. He's, uh, oh. Oh, that's not too bad, I guess. Look at this weapon thing, whoever it is. Okay, so that is to disarm, I believe, um, or discard. discard. The other player's cards. That's right, yeah. So you can discard uh, some of your other cards. So he's, he's actually going to be really good for a milling deck, I would assume. Um, so... Um, so this guy here, Count Dooku, Devious Strategist, um, he's got 10 health and uh, on his dice we've got one melee attack, two melee attack, uh, we've got one focus, we've got two, um, two discard and a, uh, with a resource you need to use for that and also one resource and a blank on the dice as well. Um, so he's uh, 11 and 15 to use if you're pointing up your, uh, your decks there and it says uh, on his card... Before this character is dealt one or more damage, you may discard a card from your hand to give him one shield. So that could be quite handy, uh, I guess, if you've not got a great hand. So uh, you can give him some more shields. So that's good. Okay, so we've got Count Dooku. That's good. Um, we've also got It's a Trap, Noble Sacrifice. Ooh. Defeat one of your blue characters to exhaust a character. Oh, okay. Um, deflect. We also have negotiate. Remove one of your character dice to force an opponent to choose and remove two of their dice. Oh, that could be interesting. Excellent. I mean, I must say again, all of these, uh, all of the art on these cards are absolutely amazing. So uh, yeah, do check them all out. 
Um, so that's great. We've got some more good cards there. What is next then, Josh? You want to open this one? Yes, please. Uh, take this. Take out the dice. Oh, yeah. Oh, this is a grenade thing. Okay. Grenade, yeah. yeah, go for it. Infantry grenades. Righty-ho. So oh. that's another one that came in the starter set. That's a bit annoying, actually. I wish... The uh, the starter set cards only come in the starter set in, in the starter sets. Um, that would make a little bit more sense instead of having all these doubles keep coming out. So uh, yeah, that's a, that's a, just a little bit annoying. Um, yeah, but anyway, we'll uh, we will continue. Uh, we've already heard of the uh, infantry grenades. Um, okay, so we've got supporting fire as well. Ooh. The force is strong. That's a really nice art on that card. That's Yoda. Uh, with some uh, electric stuff coming out of his uh, fingertips there. That's quite cool. Force, I think. Force, yeah, of course. Uh, we've also got a probe as well. Look at two random cards in an opponent's hand and discard any of those cards that are events. That's pretty cool. And then we've also got uh, a logistics card. Spot a red character to resolve one of your dice, showing resources increasing its value by one. Mm, okay. We're going to have to have to have a little um, play with these cards to see how they kind of play out in the decks. Um, but for now, let's open the last pack that we have here. And this is... Oh, this is a good one. we got the TIE Fighter. Mm. Although I've already got it. Yeah. Have we got TIE Fighter? Yeah. Really? Yeah. First Order TIE Fighter? Yes. Because remember, I was General Viz and with the F-11D rifle in the TIE Fighter and I remember looking at the side of the box Oh, is it on there? Yeah Oh, it's in the starter set Ah, oh. oh, okay That's a shame Well, anyway, we've got another TIE Fighter So that's... So yeah, the TIE Fighter we just opened there is uh, is one of the ones which comes in the starter pack which is, uh, again, a shame but that's not too bad They're, uh, The dice is actually pretty good for the ranged attacks so we've got a local garrison. Uh, each opponent gains one fewer resource during each upkeep phase to a minimum of one. Hmm. Okay, hmm. we'll have to have a little look into that one. We've got Enrage, sorry, which came in the uh, starter set. Uh, we've also got Isolation, spot a blue character to remove a character die. Okay, that could be quite good. And then we've also got... Uh, force misdirection as well. I believe that one was in one of the starter sets as well. So Josh, what do you think about these uh, these dice that we've now got then? Yeah, they're, they're really good. But the things that I'm like a bit a bad about them is that some of them you get in the starter sets. But they're still really good. That's right. Yeah, I do uh, totally agree with you there. Some of them are in the starter set, which are quite annoying. Um, the Count Dooku, though, would be really good. Um, I am doing my best to uh, create that milling set as well as a uh, as an aggro uh, deck as well. Uh, so uh, I'll just have to do my best to get them all added together. If anyone's got any tips to kind of create the best decks and things like that, I know there's lots of uh, Facebook facebook groups out there uh, to try and help out with this sort of thing um so yeah do let me know if you've uh, got any new ones that i may not know about or uh, if you've got any good tips for putting together your first uh, deck that'll be fantastic so uh, yeah it'll be great to hear from you um and uh, thanks again to josh who's been sitting here patiently opening up all of the other cards and uh yeah and uh, giving me lots of oohs and ahs as we're opening them up
So, Josh, thanks very much, and uh, say goodbye to everyone. Bye. I don't know where you get your delusions, laser brain. <laughs> okay, so X-Wing miniatures. Firstly, a massive thanks to the team at Isdivian Games for providing me with the U-Wing and TIE Striker miniatures this month. We're going to start with the TIE Striker, as I love to play uh, Imperials. So uh, the new, uh, new as it's called, uh, from TIE Fighter from Rogue One, um, from what I gathered from sites regarding, you know, why we don't actually see any of these in A New Hope, is because uh, this is an in-atmosphere fighter, uh, akin to maybe a fighter jet plane uh, on Earth. Uh, so it's not designed for space travel, essentially. Uh, the model itself is uh, amazingly detailed and painted. Just like all of the pieces I have from Fantasy Flight, these are still the same massively high quality plastics being used. Um, I really love the design of these fighters too. And as an Imperial X-Wing miniatures player, I was really excited about playing with this fighter. Um, I should also mention that the wings actually go up and down as well. Now the pilot cards included, uh, there's six of them, uh, they're all the same um, attack, uh, sort of the same stats, uh, they're all attack with three dice, defend with two dice, and uh, four hull. Uh, they actually have no shields. Uh, all of the actions available are also the same as well on each of those, so you've got focus, barrel roll, and evade. And uh, the pilot skills actually range from one with the Imperial Trainee, uh, with a point cost of 17. Pilot skill three is the Scarif Defender with 18 points. You've got pilot skill four of the uh, Black Squadron Leader for 20 points. And pilot skill five, uh, codenamed Countdown, this is where it starts to get interesting for 20 points. Uh, this pilot... Um, when you have uh, defended, if you're not stressed, you can take one damage and cancel all other dice results. So potentially avoiding another two critical damage results. Uh, next is codenamed Pure Sabak uh, for 22 points, who can actually roll an extra dice if you only have one or less damage. So that's very cool indeed. And um, last but by no means least is the pilot skill 8 codenamed Duchess. Um, and for this one, you can choose to ignore the adaptive ailerons upgrade. And uh, we're going to talk about that in just a second. So yeah, there's some very cool pilot cards there. And uh, let's have a little look at the upgrades that actually uh, complement these ships. So first up is the lightweight frame, uh, which will come in handy when dogfighting. Uh, it allows a TIE ship to roll an extra defense dice when being attacked, as long as the opponent is rolling more attack dice than you, basically giving you more of a chance to evade the shot. Swarm Leader uh, will also come in handy when dogfighting in squadrons. Uh, if you're all close enough, you can swap evade tokens played on each of them for an additional attack dice, and so that sounds incredible. The last one is for TIE Strikers only. Uh, it's Adaptive Ailerons. Uh, to give you a little boost in the game, this upgrade will actually allow you to manoeuvre the range of one, and that's before you show your manoeuvre dial. So it also gives you an edge on flanking and also throwing off your enemy on where they think you're going to go. On the whole, I can see the TIE Striker or maybe a little squad of Strikers to be formidable opponents. So you have to stay tuned for uh, the player playability of these ships uh, when myself and my son actually uh, manage to do that. 
Next up is the U-Wing, a beautifully crafted ship. Uh, it always strikes me as amazing how sturdy these miniatures are, and of course so amazingly detailed. The most impressive thing about this model is that the wings actually swing back just like in the Rogue One movie. The U-Wing comes with four pilot carts. Uh, the first um, each have three attack one defense, four hull, and four shields, um, and each have the actions of focus and target lock. Okay, so pilot skill two is the blue squadron pathfinder, uh, 23 points if you want him. Kaf Toba is the next pilot with three pilot skill and 24 points. His skill is that if an enemy overlaps him, uh, then he can take an extra action, so that can be quite useful. Um, Bodhi Rook is uh, next up with the pilot skill of four, and I love his skill. Uh, he can lock on to any ship already within one to three range of a friendly ship, and uh, Bodhi is for 25 points. Uh, then you have the Mac Daddy of pilots for the uh, U-Wing, uh, and he's Cassian Andor. Pilot skill 6 and 427 points, and he lets you remove a stress token from friendlies within 1 to 2 range. So that's very good if you're all bunched up together. Now there's also tons of upgrade cards for the U-Wing, 11 to be exact. So I'm going to rattle them off first, uh, instead of going through every one, and then I'm going to let you know a few of my favourites. So here we go, uh, Inspiring Recruit, uh, we've got two of those, two health, uh, sorry, two stealth devices, two expertise, we've got a sensor jammer, flechette torpedoes, a pivot wing attack, uh, and then we have some pilot cards. So uh, these are kind of co-pilot cards really, uh, to fill up the ship. So we've got Baze Malbus, uh, we know that name from Rogue One, obviously. You've got Bistan, and he was the laughing space monkey uh, from the trailer, and he did also make it into the film, but not uh, for a great deal. Uh, then you've also got Bodhi Rook, uh, again, as a uh, as a co-pilot, as it were. Uh, so he's my favourite. Uh, Cassian Andor, and of course, our heroine, Jin Erso. So my favourites then, um, Bodhi Rook. I may be a little biased, but he can help to acquire a target lock at range one to three of friendly ships. Uh, we got Bistan, and he's also rather good when attacking an enemy uh, at range one to two. You can turn any hit into a critical hit, so that's really, really useful. Um, and then Sensor Jammer is also another goodie. Um, so when you're defending, you can actually play this card and change the hits to focus results instead. So that's very, very cool. Now, due to the way life is at the moment, as I said, um, my son and myself um, have failed as Deviant Games this month. I do apologise. Um, we've not managed uh, to use these ships in an actual game as yet. Um, but I do promise, though, that I will be reviewing a game with these miniatures, uh, hopefully within the next month or so. Uh, so again, check out www.scavengeruk.blogspot.com and I'll have a lot more reviews and my standard ramblings. I mean, musings. What? Why, you stuck-up, half-witted, scruffy-looking nerf herder! So this next segment was actually going to be a special uh, kind of additional 
uh, episode of the podcast. Um, but as I'm kind of running out of time and, um, you know, problems editing, etc., I keep going on about it, sorry, um, I'm going to do this right now. So, uh, yeah, apologies again for these late reports, but let's get it started. So, uh, it seemed to be actually all about Pokemon this year. There was uh, loads of posters and everything for the new game that's coming out for that. Uh, and there was loads of new toys, character mascots walking about, etc. Certainly was not about Star Wars. Um, sadly, there wasn't really a lot of Star Wars presence, uh, which actually confused me, really. Um, I thought there'd be some emphasis on Star Wars Rebels, because uh, that's kind of ramping up for the... Uh, uh, second part of the season and then obviously the next season that sort of thing uh, so I thought there'd be lots of new toys and things out to do with that um, or at least Rogue One as well I mean uh, don't get me wrong I did find a few bits and pieces here and there but it seemed to be all the big names um, were actually keeping quiet at this show so there was no Hasbro uh, they'll be at Nuremberg um, I was hoping to book an appointment with Lego, but was actually advised, even though it was a press day that I went on, they were actually closing the booth for the entire show, so like the full three days, just so that they could get in all of their different buyers. Um, I did, however, pick up a press release, um, and they must be keeping absolutely everything Star Wars under wraps, because there was no mention of that license at all. Um, there were some pretty cool Batman movie sets coming out though, and uh, they look really good, so check out the movie for that. Um, but yeah, I was a bit gutted that I saw nothing from uh, from Lego. Uh, I was hoping to see that quad jumper, and uh, I believe there was also a few of the uh, sets from Rogue One that, um, that were kind of teased on YouTube that I saw a while back. So what did I actually see then? Well, first and foremost, um, I went over to Cartin Monday. Uh, they have a really nice array of playing cards, which includes some nice collectible tins, uh, Darth Vader, Stormtrooper, and they also do a kind of uh, collectible set as well, which includes both of those. Um, they also do these shuffle games, which are actually card games that can interact with an app. Uh, you can play it just as a general card game as well, but you kind of get an extra uh, dimension to it using the app. It does look really fun. I just need to get my hands on a pack now. Now, Revel, the model people, have an amazing, amazing uh, spread of models coming out. Uh, lots of different scales and lots of different levels as well. Um, but some of these actually celebrate the 40th anniversary of Star Wars. So there was actually some packaging there um, which actually um, said 40th anniversary. There were kind of just stickers on there at the moment um, over the uh, Rogue One uh, packaging. So uh, didn't see any new packaging as such. Um, but the detail on these are incredible, and they're actually quite big as well. Um, I also love how, uh, as I said earlier, loads of these are actually now at different levels as well. So it kind of gets all of the younger uh, model makers involved as well. It's already pre-painted and things like that that really help. Um, there's a great twin pack, actually, of the Falcon and uh, First Order TIE Fighter. And again, that's amazing detail. And I believe they make sound. I'll need to check out on that, though. Uh, but definitely look out for Revel this year with their uh, 40th anniversary stuff. Um, next up was uh, Underground Toys. Now these guys were great last year with all of the new pop vinyl figures and they have certainly been very popular in all of the licenses in terms of pop vinyl. 
Uh, they also do lots of other cool stuff as well. Um, I last year reported on their homewares, and uh, this year they've got even more to offer in this range as well. So we've now got uh, BB-8 cookie jars, BB-8 oven gloves, uh, as well as some of the old favourites like the droid tins and my personal favourite, the Darth Vader rubber oven glove. Um, oh, and this year they also have a really nice set of plates, which actually include helmets um, and kind of portraits uh, of the helmets of the uh, Rogue One Stormtrooper, Scarif Trooper, Vader, and also the Death Trooper. Now, Recreation uh, are continuing their line of uh, LED Star Wars keyrings, um, all the same from last year, so you've got Poe Dameron and... Uh, C-3PO, R2-D2, um, but finally this year we actually got to see BB-8. Um, so last year at Toy Fair they did say, um, you know, this box is going to have BB-8 in it, but there was no kind of pictures or anything like that that we could actually see. So uh, this year it was actually there, very bright LEDs on these, and uh, they actually, again, um, for the Batman movie, they've got some great key rings there as well, uh, where Batman's eyes actually light up, and they actually gave out a free one of those to uh, the journalists that were popping through their store. So, uh, yeah, I did manage to pick up a, uh, I think it was a gothic rock Batman, actually. So, uh, yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, I also visited Amrang, um, who actually supply the likes of toy, uh, sorry, the likes of Hot Toys and Sideshow, Gentle Giant, and they have some amazing Star Wars statues. Um, so I mean, Sideshow has some amazing new statues from Rogue One, uh, and also the old trilogy as well. Uh, they've they've got the bounty hunters; they look absolutely brilliant. Um, Felicity Jones has an amazing likeness on her statue, and I would love to be able to afford one of these. Uh, but alas, real life gets in the way. No money, etc. Maybe one day. Hot Toys uh, have also got some great likenesses on their collectibles as well. Um, Chirrut Mway just looks like a miniature version of the actual actor. I mean, he's absolutely incredible. Um, also, a few from Hot Toys uh, that people will especially be excited about uh, is Rey in her Resistance outfit, as well as the old Jedi Master himself, Luke Skywalker. Artifacts also have some great new collectibles um, from all movies, uh, all the Star Wars movies. Uh, K2SO, Scarif Troopers, as well as Finn and Rey from The Force Awakens are just to mention just a few. Uh, Gentle Giant also have a nice new collection of Force Awakens busts, including Kylo Ren and also Jin Erso. Admittedly, I don't think the likenesses are as good um, as the other companies I've talked about just now, but they are still gorgeous and they are just that little bit cheaper as well. Now, Posh Paws, uh, distributors of Disney Zum Zums, um, all of the sizes, of course, um, there's some really nice ones actually coming out in the next couple of months. Uh, Plo Koon we've got coming out. Ula the Twi'lek, the dancer in uh, Jabba's Palace. We've got Django Fett, Mace Windu, and also an old Ben as well. Uh, so I'm really looking forward to some of those ones. Um, lastly of note, um, I visited my friends at uh, Asdevium Games. Um, I already reviewed most of their Star Wars games available, but it was really, really nice to finally meet some of their contacts, and uh, my main contact, Tim, as well, my main man. 
Um, so yeah, it was really nice meeting them. Uh, we had a nice little chat about you know what we've already covered and things like that. Um, so yeah, again, check out your Star Wars Dobble, your Pictopia, um, your Rogue, um, sorry, your X-wing miniatures uh, games, of course, the original, uh, which comes with the uh, original X-wing and uh, two Tie Fighters, uh, and also the Force Awakens version, which which comes with uh, the Resistance fighter and two. Um, brand new uh, TIE Fighters as well, uh, First Order TIE Fighters. Uh, so yeah, definitely, definitely check those out. And as I said, hopefully I will be reviewing more of those uh, as time goes on on my blog, of course. And that was really it. Um, apart from some other stuff, I'm sorry to say that is a little bit too tatty for me. Um, what I mean by tatty is uh, I think it's a bit of tat, really. Um, I mean, the likes of pens, pencils, colouring sets, painting sets, um, in those terms, I mean, Star Wars is everywhere, it's got loads of all that sort of stuff, but I do sometimes think that it just gets a little bit lost amongst all the other licences um, when it is actually everywhere, so I mean, I try and concentrate on, like, the big figures, um, the, um, you know, the, the biggest, bigger main stuff, really, um, rather than all this other stuff that has, you know, uh, I can think of a few companies which do uh, products where they just do exactly the same thing, but then it's in different colours or different uh, licences, and it's just, I, I just think it's a bit too much. Um, so, I mean, what do you guys think of all of this? I mean, have you found um, new other stuff worth mentioning maybe at the show? Uh, send me an email to scavengerukpodcast at gmail.com and we'll have a nice little chat. Did you ever see um, Return of the Jedi? Yeah. Do you remember the scene with um, Jabba the Hutt? Well, Jabba had as as his prisoner um, Princess Leia. Uh. Princess Leia was wearing this um, gold bikini thing. Pretty cool. And so we've come to another end of another episode of Scavenger UK podcast. Now, many thanks to everyone involved in the podcast, uh, to many Star Wars podcasts out there. Thanks for the inspiration. Uh, many thanks to those of you who have sent emails uh, in relation to the show. Uh, you really have been the gears to me posting every single month. Um, and thanks, of course, to the Galaxy of Toys Network for putting up with me all this time and for including me in their episodes. Um, I will hopefully be in regular touch with the Galaxy of Toys Network and also Toy Run. Um, so hopefully you will all hear from me uh, very very soon uh, in the meantime please get over to my new blog uh, www.scavengeruk.blogspot.com I'll be hosting the next lot of uh, Diagostini helmet reviews very very shortly so all the best to everyone and may the force be with you Top of the uh, water bar.
just outside. That's what you can hear. I need to get that sorted. Nearly done. It's taking quite a while, isn't it? Uta 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 Pons Uta Pounds. <laughs> <laughs> 